Hi there, welcome to this workshop on writing your thesis in 15 weeks. Let's get straight into it. Uh, so I'm Richard Heismans. If you haven't already got my contact details or aren't connected with me, I'd love if you connected with me on LinkedIn. If you're watching this on YouTube or on some catch-up service, uh, feel free to connect with me there as well. If you like the video, make sure you share it with your friends and obviously give it a like as well. Same with if you're hearing this on podcast. Uh, feel free to take pictures or share any of the information from this as we go, even if you want to share it as a whole presentation. The main thing that I ask you to do is acknowledge that uh, I was the creator of this content. So you can do that primarily by putting that in the copy of the post or at least uh, at the very least tagging me in the post uh, where you share the information. Some housekeeping, as I implied at the start of this, we are recording. It'll be used on YouTube and a podcast later on, but don't worry, you'll get to see a copy of this beforehand. So you'll get to um, perhaps if there's something that you didn't like about the way you came across from the presentation, we will do our best to make sure that that doesn't go out live to other people. Now, I do like people participating. So if you have a question, feel free to just open up the video and the mic and ask away. There's no need to um, put your hand up or anything like that. If you feel a bit shy about opening up your video or opening up your mic and asking the question, by all means, feel free to type it into the chat. Uh, I should get to them any questions that are in the chat. And obviously, if you're watching this or you've got this on the podcast and this raises questions for you, feel free to ask as well. Uh, by dropping them, dropping me an email or putting it in the comments section of the video. So, so for those who don't know, I started out my PhD at Monash University and then exchanged my suit coat for a lab coat. Now I help researchers answer the question, what next? But before you get to that point, you've got to get your thesis done. Um, and I'd love to know where you all are in your um, PhD journey. Uh, sorry if you've done this kind of poll thing before um, but it does help me in terms of my presentation just know where people are at so great thanks for filling it out awesome so as can be expected a lot of people in the submitting in the next 12 months category cool and you guys can have a look as well you can see what your peers are doing so you know most of you are in your phd some masters people is there great thanks for that so hopefully this is all relevant to the majority of you and if you're in your first year or middle years or even in masters i think this information is still relevant uh, for getting your thesis done relatively quickly um, so the first thing that i would say i can't write your thesis so even this is talking about writing your thesis in 15 weeks and even though i might have written my thesis that quickly nothing i say or do can make you write your thesis any faster it's all up to you um, so if you leave with nothing from this other than it's up to you uh, that would be a perfect way to leave so you're the one that has to write it no one's going to write it for you uh, you're the one that has to come up with the ideas you're the one that needs to bring it all together so with that in mind let's talk about 15 weeks in the next sort of 30 or so minutes <coughs> So the first thing that I would suggest any of you do if you're writing your thesis, whether you're in your first year, middle or at the end, is to have a plan of how you're going to write. Now, um, if you are in the middle of your PhD or at the start of your PhD, that plan will be different if you are towards the end of your PhD and hoping to submit in the next 12 months. If you're submitting in the next 12 months, 
I would say that you really need to have a plan that includes writing uh, and that is relatively uh, highly detailed. So let's say you're aiming to finish in the next 15 weeks. So using that, the 15 weeks moniker, uh, I would have a detailed plan for every single week of those 15 weeks, mainly because it'll help you make progress. It'll help you understand the weeks when you're going to be busy and it'll help you understand the weeks when you can uh, get a lot more writing done compared to other weeks. So what kind of things should be in your plan? So obviously typing should definitely be in your plan. Most people's thesis is going to include some kind of typing. Um, you should definitely have some reviewing element in there. So, you know, who's going to review it and when they're going to review it, how they'll like to review it, how long they'll take to review it. And are they going to review the whole thing or are they going to review sections? Are they going to review a couple of pages first? And then are they going to review an entire section? How do you want to break it up? And how do they as reviewers want to be involved in the review process with you? So these aren't people who are assessors of your thesis. These are people who are trying to bring your thesis up to scratch, as it were. Um, I would definitely include rest periods in your plan. Um, so I'm not just talking about sleep, but I'm talking about any other kind of activity that you might consider rest. And I would also make sure that you include um, some kind of play activity in your plan. So we're not, I'm not suggesting that anyone should be working any more than 40 hours a week writing their thesis um, to get it done in 15 weeks. The other thing that your plan should include, but this is really important for people who are submitting in the next 12 months, but important for other people as well, is it definitely needs to include major life events that might be happening in that next period. So um, if I was to be thinking about writing my thesis right now in my current life stage, I'd be thinking about what my kids are doing uh, when they have school holidays. Um, what is happening with the rest of my work and what deliverables I have with work and how that's going to play into my ability to get my thesis done and written. I'd also be thinking about if there are any weddings that are planned, which there are, if there are any um, birthdays in the next 15 weeks, and there might be some of those as well, because those things are not movable. I mean, there are people out there who I know who have not necessarily cancelled Christmas to write their thesis, but cancelled Christmas to write their book. And if that's the kind of person you are, go for it. Cancel Christmas or cancel your birthday or whatever it is that you don't want to attend. You know, don't attend in order that you write your thesis. But if those things are important to you, then make sure that you include those in your plan as well. Because you'll need to work around them. There's no point having a plan that doesn't match reality. In terms of the actual numbers, um, so. The thesis might be somewhere between 60 and 90,000 words. I just chose 70,000 as a number for a PhD thesis. Um, so if you've written absolutely nothing, that might be how many words you'll need to ultimately write. And so you can see I've broken it down there per week, per day and per hour. If you say in 15 weeks, I'm only going to have, I'm going to have five weeks of review where I won't do any writing, then the numbers obviously change. Uh, so you'll have, you know, 10 weeks of work rather than 15. And there we go. And if you've started writing and you've got about half done already, and the reason I think half is probably a reasonable number for those of you who are not at the final 12-month stage, is that I think it's relatively easy to write your methods as you go. It's relatively easy to have written the, the largest proportion of your lit review before you get to the last 12 months. Um, and so those sections might take up a fair chunk of what you've already done. Then depending on how your research has progressed, you may also have 
a decent amount of writing already done from your first year and perhaps even your second year by the time you get to your third year, if we're talking about a, a PhD in Australia, taking roughly three to four years. So you might have written half already, and then those are the numbers of, of words that you'll need to get writing in those timeframes to meet the idea of getting your thesis written in 15 weeks. And if you're wondering, I made the assumption that 15 weeks is pretty much identical to uh, three months. But I don't think this is the biggest problem in thesis writing. Certainly knowing how many words to write and setting a plan with this many words is not um, all that needs to be about. There are lots of other things um, to worry about as well. So the biggest thing I think you need to think about is what is your um, research argument? What is the thing that you're trying to get across to your thesis reader about the research that you conducted? And you need to be able to express that in a short number of words. And I'm talking about a paragraph. And that's going to help guide how your entire thesis comes together because everything that you write needs to relate to that. Uh, so someone's asked a question about the size of each of the sections. Uh, I don't have a specific word count, but I do have a bit later on where we'll talk about what is in each section. Um, for some people, for some people's thesis, their lit review is half of their entire thesis. And I think from memory, mine was about half as well. All right, so having an argument, having a thing that you're arguing uh, as a result of the data that you collected um, is really important to understand for your thesis. The next thing that I think is important to do uh, is to abstract your thesis. So I know that we generally talk about abstracting at the end, but if you abstract at the start, again, it helps you give a framework that everything else fits within. If you don't know the story that you're going to tell, it's really hard to get to the end of the story. Um, and in some instances, um, that might be useful, but I think in most cases, if you know the story that you want to tell, then it's really clear on where you need to go, how, you, how you're going to get to that point, and what the, the, your journey will take the reader on in order to get there as well. <coughs> Are there any questions about those first few slides that I've presented? Uh, the next thing is to think about is this question that someone asked about thesis structure. Um, so what do I think a thesis needs to look like? Um, well, there are a fair number of things, and I also did a bit of a Google search to see what is out there. Um, someone's also asked, if you're doing a thesis by publication, then the publication will also count to the final word count. Yet, generally speaking, it is. But obviously, so the way I think about a PhD thesis in Australia is it's not about the number of words that you necessarily write. It's about an overall structure, which we'll go through here. So this is quite detailed. If you want to take a screenshot of this, go for it. If you want to pause the video here and read it in detail, uh, go for it. These are the sections that I think you need. So you obviously need a title page, an abstract. Most or all universities want a declaration. Um, there'll be some kind of preface or um, introduction of sorts, there's acknowledgements, then you get to the thesis itself. So the table of contents, tables of figures, illustrations, etc. you'll have an introduction, uh, then a lit review, um, obviously materials and methods, the results chapters, normally there are at least three, um, some kind of conclusion chapter, some kind of discussion chapter, all of the references that you relied on, and then if you needed to, any appendices. 
Um, and so you need to think of primarily for a thesis, the main thing that you're trying to build out is mostly three results chapters. So if you think about the question, um, does your publications count towards your word count? Yes, they do insofar as they've got to be new pieces of work, which a publication implies that it would be a new piece of work and they would be in the results chapters of your thesis. Some people in some institutions are encouraged to write a literature at the start of their thesis and then publish that, and that would then contribute to your uh, literature review within the thesis itself. And some people can include the thesis, sorry, the um, lit review published in their thesis as the lit review section. Um, the best I can tell from reading online is that it's not about um, in many cases, the university's preferences around publications and how that contributes to your thesis, but it's actually about your supervisor and whether they are happy for a publication to be included in your thesis, and then ultimately whether your assessors also think that that was a useful way of conveying the information or the research that you conducted. Um, so. Yes, uh, there'll be lots of different sections um, and the breakdown of <coughs> word counts in each of these, like I said, like the title page will be not many abstract, one to two um, paragraphs, a declaration that's um, the words are generally prescribed by your university, preface might be something but not a lot, acknowledgements is however long you want it to be, table of contents is whatever it works out to be, same with the list of tables, figures and illustrations. For a table of contents, I wouldn't go any more detailed than three levels of heading. So if that's more than that, it'll look really cluttered in my view. Um, and generally speaking, heading one headings will be your chapter titles, and then you'll have a subheading and then a sub subheading potentially. Um, the introduction might be one or two pages. The literature review, like I said earlier, that'll be many thousands of words probably. If, if your thesis is 70,000, I wouldn't be surprised if some people write a 30,000 word lit review. Materials and methods is as long as it needs to be to cover everything that you need to um, consider. And then the results chapters, they might, I don't know, they might be 10,000 each. That'll be 30,000 words there. Then the conclusion and discussion, again, they might be a few pages each, depending on how you've written up your results. Some supervisors want you to put conclusions and discussion at the end of every results section. Other supervisors want you to have a discussion and conclusion at the end of your whole thesis. Others want you to do it twice. Um, and it all relates to how they want to, how you, the story that you want to tell. So. If you haven't already got the impression now that your supervisor has a role to play in designing your thesis, um, they definitely do. And if you don't know what your supervisor wants to see, there's two things you can do. Um, the first is ask them directly. The second is to see um, any of the publication, the published theses of people they've supervised previously and have a look at how they've structured their thesis when they've submitted. <coughs> The other thing that I think people overlook is the ability of a word processor to help them in this entire process. Um, so if you've, there's a, a blog that it will come out from me next week around some of the mistakes that I see people make. And one of them is assuming that they know how their word processor is working to help them write their thesis. And there's some really simple stuff that I think people don't know around things like style sheets, tables of contents, cross-referencing, bigger labels and um, legends, et cetera, that can make writing your thesis much quicker. Um, and you need to learn those kinds of things. So if, you, if you're not choosing Microsoft Word, or even if you are, 
Um, there's plenty of resources out there to help you get better at these kinds of processes. If you don't know what you need to do, um, have a you can you know message me or join a ask me any conversation ask me anything conversation. One of them's coming up. They come up every second week. Join one of those and say, Richard, what are some of the things that you think I need to know about the way my word processor works? Um, at the very least, look up on your university's website and see if there are tutorials on how to use Microsoft Word or Google Docs or Scrivener or whatever other thesis writing program you might choose to use. But definitely get to know your word processor well. Um, it'll be much easier than trying to shoehorn things in later on um, and trying to get things to work later on. The same goes for referencing programs and how you integrate your reference manager with your word processor or citation manager with your word processor. I would definitely be saying if you're not um, using an integrated citation manager with your word processor, then you're creating a whole lot of work for yourself. Um, and I would say, you know, try to learn that stuff as soon as early as you can in your PhD. Like I said earlier, a good way to find out what your um, supervisor's preferences are is to look at theses that they have supervised previously. Um, if they don't have anything, that's okay. Um, your university probably has a bunch of theses that you can have a look through. I'm not telling you to go and read someone's thesis from front to back, but have a flick through. What do you know? What's the look and feel of them? As they are they as fat as the books that are in the picture here? Are they thin? Are they hardcover? Um, are the corrections put in as pages stuck into the book after it's been published? all the corrections included um, at that time, all of these things having a flick through will give you a really good understanding of things like what's the section layout that I need? How long does it need to be? What color can my figures be? How should my figure labels look? All of those things will be answered by you having a quick look through other people's theses. Um, in this day and age, a lot of them are available digitally, so you should be able to get access to them online, um, but at the very least, you can, should be able to walk into your library and there should be a section dedicated to all of the thesis that have been published by you or your university. At least when I went through, one of the things that I needed to do was submit um, several hard copies of my thesis at essentially my cost, um, one of which went to my supervisor and one of which went to the library. So there should be hard copies available for you um, at your library. <coughs> the other thing to consider as you're going through your thesis is to think about who and what you've cited. Um, as we try and reflect on our role in creating bias, our role in identifying bias, um, it's useful to have a look at your citation list and are you over-citing or under-citing particular authors? Are you over or under-citing particular groups of people? Are you over or under-citing particular journals or journal articles or types of articles? Uh, and this will let you know, you know, where there might be areas that you could improve, not just from a bias perspective, but also from a scientific um, perspective. Someone's written, uh, I've incorporated a publication and noticed that I've now duplicated reference lists, i.e. from the publication and my reference list from the thesis. Is that normal? It depends on how, again, your supervisor wants your thesis to be presented. So if your reference list at the end of that journal article needs to stand with that journal article, then yes, you probably will duplicate them. Um, if your supervisor doesn't want that to happen, then you'll be told to 
edit it out. And these are some of the editing decisions that you'll need to make. Um, and again, if you want to know whether that's normal for you or for your university or for your supervisor, see if you can find um, a thesis that's been published recently and what they did to resolve that problem. My preference is if I was a supervisor, I don't like that idea of the references being duplicated. So I would ask you to look at moving them on. But having said that, in terms of what got reviewed and what got accepted, it was the entire article, including the reference section. So if that is being assessed, then I would put it in as an entire article and therefore duplicate your references. Uh, is it normal to have references at the end of each chapter? Again, that is, yes, it is. it does happen. And that is in the preference for your supervisor. My references were all at the end of the thesis, but I know supervisors who request that the references go at the end of every chapter. Are there any other questions? All right, moving on to the next bit. So the submission process, it's, it might seem odd to think about the submission process before you're ready to submit, but the universities want to know in advance of when you're going to submit. Some of them write down that they want to know two to three months in advance, which means if you're going to write your thesis in 15 weeks, that you really need to, at the start of the process, go and have a look at what your university submission process is and perhaps even let them know that you're aiming to submit in three months. Um, but there's a whole bunch of other things that you might need to be aware of. So like I said, implied earlier, I had to have several hard copies of my thesis, including one for my supervisor and one for my um, library. Um, I had to submit a hard copy for assessment. All of my corrections needed to be um, stuck using sticky tape or glue into the inside of my thesis. All of those things were the things that I needed to be aware of um, when I was writing up my thesis. So obviously I submitted my thesis back before digital submissions were possible. Um, now, if you're submitting your thesis digitally, you'll need to look at file types, number of files, file sizes, and all of those things will you know, probably influence the way you bring your document together. Um, and I've seen some universities ask for the thesis to be emailed, which blows my mind that an email would be the way you'd submit your PhD thesis. But there you go. I've seen other universities have a um, document upload process, which the reason I like that over email is because it means that there should be a server where it's stored on. It also means that you won't be subjected to the size limits that email has. But those document upload processes could have internal limits as well. Um, you might need to make sure that you're con you can format your file type as a PDF if that's how they want to receive it. I haven't seen anything that doesn't allow you to submit something like a PDF or that requests something odd like it must be as a Microsoft Word file, um, but it is worth having a look at what the submission process is. That'll also um, impact with the kind of declaration you need to make. For those of you that are using um, the, the um, thesis by publication approach. If you're not the only author on those publications, you'll need to get all of your other co-authors to sign a document that says you contributed um, to the, the work of the publication and that that was original work, et cetera, et cetera. So that it's about, you know, because um, the PhDs are about a, a you know, new research, new information into the system. And so the, the authors are basically saying, yes, as an author in this piece of research, you did the work attributed to you and therefore it is accessible as part of your thesis. 
in all of this process, one of the things that will happen is that you'll have to have a tough chat with your supervisor, either because they think you haven't made sufficient progress, because you think you they haven't made sufficient progress, because you've written a section incorrectly, or then they've come back to you with feedback that you're not happy with. So be prepared to have a tough chat with your supervisor. If you want to mitigate against a tough chat, or if you want to reduce the severity of a tough chat, you can try and involve your supervisor earlier and even say to them, you know, my advice is, and you can use my name if you want, that um, people out there say that there will be, will end up having an argument of some sort about my thesis. You know, so how do we want to handle that conversation when it comes up? How are we going to handle um, having a tough conversation? Now, some of the things that you can do if you don't want to have a chat about a tough conversation and you want to avoid a tough conversation, some of the things that you can do is submit small amounts of work regularly. Generally speaking, it's easier to review a couple of paragraphs than it is to review a couple of pages. And again, it's easier to review a couple of pages than it is to review a couple of chapters. And in the work that I see, um, a lot of people make the same mistakes over and over again, particularly the grammatical ones and the structural ones. So if you give a couple of paragraphs to your supervisor and say, I'm really looking for structural feedback here, then that can really help you inform your entire thesis. Um, if you ask questions that I talked about before about reference lists, headings, all of that kind of stuff, that can help you avoid those, the, you know, where your supervisor looks at your printout or your, your thesis and goes, nah, I just can't review this. It's, there's too many problems for me to look at. Go back and change, you know, these three things and then I'll have another look. Um, I've heard different things about the editing process. Typically, could you please discuss the purpose of editing? Yeah, so... You want your supervisor to have a look through your thesis and make sure that your research expression, your scientific expression is appropriate for the audience that you'll be submitting to. You want to make sure that it that if you're, you know, in the most in most instances in Australia, we're submitting our thesis to other English speaking and reading and writing um, editors, reviewers. So you want to make sure that your English expression is correct. Um, so the editing process is about scientific accuracy and, you know, from the and a um, scientific um, writing style. And as a result, it can be quite subjective. It can be down to what your supervisor wants. I know that I wanna write differently to the way many scientific writers want to write. I, I prefer to use, generally speaking, shorter sentences, less complex words, and also use lists. And those, that, those writing styles sit better with me because I find them easier to read. Um, when I do read, and that's why I like them as a writing style, but you might not feel the same or your supervisor might not feel the same. Other tough things that you, other things that you could do to avoid having a tough conversation with your supervisor if you don't want to prepare is um, asking them how they want to receive edits. Do they want to receive all of your thesis in one go? You might ask them excuse me, you might ask, you might tell them that you want to write up and that you'll have the whole thing written in these days or these weeks and would they be free to review your thesis and how long do they think it will take because you want to allow that time in your editing process, in your review and your writing process. So have a think about those kinds of things as well. So anything that you can do to preempt the involvement of your supervisor will be really important. And the other thing that you can do is ask others for help. 
So you might, um, again, if you think about the issues with writing and editing primarily being non-scientific ones, you could ask a friend or a relative to read a couple of paragraphs and let them know what um, they think about the way you've written. You could ask other people in your research group, other students, other postdocs, if your group is big enough to include students and postdocs about, you know, could they read a paragraph or two or a page or two? I know for my supervisor's perspective, they specifically said to send my draft to another postdoc in the research group because they knew that person understood um, the preferred style of my supervisor and therefore any edits and suggestions would be um, pushing my thesis more towards the style and layout that my supervisor preferred. Um, one of the things that I recall my supervisor getting annoyed at was my choice of typography. Um, <clears throat> So be, bear in mind that even little things like that can distract from the reviewing process. So even just knowing that your supervisor prefers to read Arial rather than Garamond, um, definitely uh, work those things out as early as you can in the process. And you can probably get a lot of that information from asking others, but also having a look at previous theses that people have sent through. Uh, so in all of this, if you're going to be making a sprint towards the end and trying to write in 15 weeks, one of the things that's bound to come up is losing focus. So how can you stay focused? So I think planning is really important. And like I said before, make sure you plan breaks and fun times, not just writing. <coughs> Next thing you can do is set small goals for yourself. So I've seen people use the thermometer style fundraising sheet where you color in the number of words that you've written. And, you know, if, if you're notionally thinking you want to write 60 or 70,000 words, you might color in the progress that you make. I've seen people do um, Lego blocks. So I think the thesis whisperer has a journal writing club, I think, or it's, it might even be a thesis writing club. And they give, I think, oversized Lego blocks is part of that club. So every 10,000 words, you get a new color Lego block. And so you're trying to build this oversized um, thing on your table as you write words towards your journal article or your thesis. You can shift task. So shift from something that you don't like to something that you like. That could be, you know, shifting from reading to editing or shifting from editing to writing figures, but changing up what you do if you lose focus. I've read online that one of the things about staying or being inspired or being motivated comes down to um, boredom or our boredom threshold and that we might get bored doing something. So if you shift your focus um, away from your thesis, one of the things you need to be mindful of is that if you create more excitement for yourself, so let's say you shift your focus and you go and, um, I don't know, play computer games, for example, I think a lot of people fiddle on their phone, um, as part of the procrastination process, that actually isn't useful because it doesn't create um, additional boredom or room for you to get bored. So what I've seen people suggest more recently is to essentially have a less stimulating place to go and sit in. So don't sit in front of your computer and procrastinate. Go, all right, I don't feel like work. Let's go and sit in this, um, we can call it the procrastinating chair or the non-work space. 
you know, set a timer for five minutes and just sit there and essentially do nothing for five minutes and see how that impacts your your desire to go and do work. And if after five minutes you still don't want to do work, then just stay there for another five minutes and you can try that out as a way of addressing some of your procrastination. Um, you can make a game with yourself. You can schedule online meetings with other people. If you're interested in being involved in those kinds of online meetings or online catch-ups or some kind of study group, make sure you check the box at the end of this um, presentation about getting in contact with me and I'll make sure that um, you get that information as well. So there are some of the things that you can do to stay focused as you go. Um, editing and reviewing drafts. So someone talked about the purpose of this and I think I've covered this um, enough for today's session. Um, there are some tools and techniques that you can do. So within Microsoft Word in particular, you can look at readability. Um, and that might help your thesis be uh, easier for other people to write. Um, you, can, you can hire a professional editor to review your entire thesis. I'm not sure that that actually is necessary, but if you feel like you need that kind of help, by all means, have a look around and go for it. Uh, as best I'm aware, most universities have a list of editors that they are happy to recommend. Um, and you might even find that your research office or your, grad, sorry, your graduate um, research school uh, has that as an informal service as well. You might even be able to ask a couple of the staff from there, you know, can they have a quick look at some of your pages of your thesis? And I'm not sure if you picked this up from what I've said today, but it's really key if you're asking someone to review your thesis that you start with small sections um, because it'll be much easier for them to review. It'll be much easier for them to come back with you with feedback. In any editing or reviewing process where you're asking someone else to help you out, I would recommend that you ask a specific question about what it is that you're looking for. So if, if for example, English is your um, is the second language to you, then you would say, I'm really looking to make sure that I've got my, and my grammar and spelling correct. Um, if you're uncertain about certain scientific concepts and if you've explained them correctly, you might give that specific section to someone who is um, perhaps not necessarily an expert in the field, but knows the field and ask them, do you think I've explained myself well in this particular section? So get specific about the questions that you're asking. Would editors change the grammar and sentence structure? Yes, they would. Most editors will change grammar and sentence structure without impacting meaning. Generally speaking, they'll improve the readability. They don't need to be subject matter experts in order to do a good job of editing. <coughs> Thinking beyond submission, I think a lot of times, <coughs> a bit like um, marriages focus on weddings, I think a lot of PhD students focus on the thesis submission and then what happens afterwards, there's this massive void, a, a big period of like, what's my purpose now? One of the ways that you can address this is by thinking about what you'll do next um, before you submit your PhD. So that doesn't mean that you're going to submit on Monday and have a job on Tuesday or submit on Monday and you know, be doing something specific on Tuesday. But what it does mean is that you'll know what's coming, you'll know what you'll need to do. Um, you, and that could include taking a week off or a month off or a certain amount of time off or going away or visiting someone. So make sure that you know what's happening next. Don't just leave a void after there. 
what is the last chapter that should be written is there any order so i don't think that there is an order per se obviously your discussion and conclusion needs to take everything from your entire thesis into account um, so that might be quote unquote the last chapter that you write in terms of your results chapters what is if we think about what we started with like what's your argument what's your abstract or maybe if you think of those two things combined what's the story that you want to tell and so what's the last thing that happens so um, you know what's the what's the logical order of those things now if your three chapters could be put in any order that the, that the, that it makes sense logically for any of those things to appear in any order then i would definitely consult your supervisor about what they would like to see you put um first second and third but one of the important things to realize in that um going back to my recommendation about knowing your word processing software is one of the things that lots of people worry about is, oh, what happens if my supervisor asks me to change the structure of my document? What does that mean, mean for all of my references? What does that mean for all of my figure legends? What does that mean for all of the cross-referencing where I talk about figure one, but now figure one's figure 10, etc. If you've set your Microsoft Word up correctly, if you've done everything correctly, changing the order <clears throat> doesn't impact any of that. Microsoft Word will update on the fly and figure any references to figure 10 that become figure one or vice versa will be updated. So you don't need to um, stress about those things if you're across that functionality in your word processor. Uh, finally, being resilient is gonna be really important in the writing process. If you haven't already figured that out as a student, that as a researcher, you'll need to be a resilient or even as, a, as an employee, as a worker, as, a, um, as an adult, for, you know, wanting to use that term of adulting, you'll need to be resilient. Then um, you'll need to build your resilience during your PhD. There are a few things that you can do right now or not necessarily right now but starting today to help build your resilience um the first thing is to um, you can do things like meditate meditation doesn't have to be long or difficult um it could be uh for one or two minutes it can be just a thing like a it's called a body scan so if you think about you know a, a light beam passing over your body from head to toe you're just reflecting on what that beam is kind of what body part that beam is currently touching and how that body part feels so you might think about you might close your eyes and imagine a beam of light progressing from your head and so you think about what does my head feel like what does my neck feel like what does my shoulders feel like so building your resilience muscle is going to be really important other things you can do would be like i said feedback is often the hardest place for us to be resilient around, particularly when it comes to thesis writing, particularly when it comes to early drafts, because of the way our supervisor probably will provide feedback. So again, you can mitigate against that by asking for, for specific feedback. You can mitigate against that by acknowledging your vulnerability. So say, I'm not sure about this, or I'm worried about this, or, you know, please help me with this, or even say, this is how I'd like you to provide your feedback or please limit your feedback to three things because I don't want to have to deal with more of them. That means you'll need to write more drafts without a doubt. That means they might only read a small section because they've come to the three things and they're going to stop. But if, if you both agree that that is the best way for you to work, then I'm quite happy for that to be the case. 
Building resilience is also about having a diverse life. It's not getting caught up in any one thing. So not getting caught up in your thesis, not thinking your the research is you, not getting upset when people criticize the research as an extension of you. It's not an extension of you. You're separate to your research. These are all key factors in managing and maintaining your resilience. Okay, that's pretty much everything that I wanted to cover. Are there any questions that people had? <coughs> I'm not sure how to identify examiners, any place to begin. Cool, so have a look at your reference list and see who might be in that list. Have a look at who your supervisor might've had re um, review previous theses, ask your supervisor. Uh, and yeah, that, those would be some of the things that you could try as well. You could also um, talk to other people in your research group, you could, Look up, you could talk to your graduate school. Those are some options there about finding examiners. While you're thinking about questions or if you have any other questions, there's I do run this as a program um, over 15 weeks. <coughs> the next one starts in a couple of weeks. If you'd like to join, no problem. If you're interested in any of this stuff, just click what you're interested in and I'll send you the information. This isn't you booking in or committing to this particular activity. It's just you saying, I'd like more information or I don't need any more information. I'm all good. If you do ask for more information, I just ask that you check your um, junk folder. Every now and again, stuff goes to junk or spam. So just um, be sure to... Um, check that out if you wanted to i talked earlier about the kind of um peer group if you're interested in that um i encourage you to click the um let's have a zoom chat and i can send you some information um about doing that kind of thing If you wanted to join it, ne the next Wednesday's session is an Ask Me Any session, Ask Me Anything session. Uh, the kinds of things that I've covered in there previously have been really specific to particular programs. So helping someone with Qualtrics, helping someone set up a survey in Qualtrics. Um, what else have I done in that session? I've talked about having a tough conversation with a supervisor. I've given some advice around MS Word. So if you've got some nagging issues or some things that you're not sure about and you can't, you don't feel like you can ask someone in your research group, or even if you do feel like you can ask them, but you want a second opinion, feel free to come along to that session. Uh, the details are on my website. Um, other than that, I'm doing an MS Word session in two weeks. Um, and then two weeks after that, we're looking, changing tack a bit and looking at social media. If you're wanting to learn a bit more about MS Word and you can't attend the session in a few weeks, I've done a session previously about that. I will use a bit of that information on the 28th of April and I will update things as well about that. <clears throat> I'm happy to stay on for a few more minutes, but if you wanted to get in touch with me directly, here's all the different ways that you can. Uh, if you have any questions, what does the course involve? So the course, writing your thesis in 15 weeks, it involves each week we'll go through a different topic for about 10 or 15 minutes. 
relating to writing your thesis. And then we'll get into looking at what you're actually writing and we'll review whether that be subject headings or whether that be actual sections of what it is that you've written. Um, <clears throat> do I do Zoom coaching or face-to-face? -face? Most of the coaching is Zoom. Excuse me, it works much better because we can record it and you can have a copy of the recording later, um, particularly with people who are interstate or overseas. Um, can you send me the ref the info reader MS Word session? No problem. I'll make sure that gets sent out. I'll send out the old link as well as the new registration link as well. <coughs> I think I've answered all of the questions that are coming through. And thanks everyone for your thanks. I'm glad that these are useful. Got one minute left. When you say writing the thesis in 15 weeks, is that full-time hours? Yep, I reckon you can do. So I talked about that at the start. Um, so I talked about how many words you'll need to write per day and per week. Uh, <coughs> I'll quickly put that uh, slide back up. Excuse me. Here you are. So uh, in terms of the number of words, et cetera, this is what I estimate depending on how many words you have. But yes, the idea would be that you'd write full time. <laughs> Any advice on writing a thesis you have no interest in? Yeah. Um, <laughs> really hard. It depends on how much you want to um complete your PhD. I, I, I don't want to go over time, so but I will encourage you to either send that as an email to me or join on Ask Me Anything next week. Um, and you can submit the question again. You can submit it privately and we can have a discussion. The Ask Me Anythings are recorded, but generally speaking, we're not putting them up online because of the people want to keep their questions to themselves. Thanks everyone for your time. I'll see you in a week or two. You'll definitely get an email from me to say thanks, as well as the video link to this. Feel free to share. Take care. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Bye.